Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Uh, let's recite our mission statement. Come on, you know what it is. It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And then the goal is that we become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. And I know that God is doing something in our midst. And I know also that we have great opportunity to share the hope and the love of Christ. And Cliff is going to come up and read a scripture for us this morning. Is everybody doing okay? All right, all right. You, are you exercising good uh, hygiene, washing your hands? Mary had a little lamb and, you know, you know all those songs and, and doing that for 20 seconds. Okay, Cliff. <laughs> Can everybody hear me okay? Yes. All right. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithfulness promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Amen. What, what a great word from the Lord, and what a great word for us to stand on. And as many of you know, probably all of you know, today has been declared a National Day of Prayer. Yes, could I ask everyone to please rise and just honor the Lord's presence as we seek Him. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you grateful. Grateful for your mercy, your kindness, your forgiveness, your love. We are grateful, Lord. For you have ordered everything that is in our lives. You've ordered our steps. You've called us yours. We came to you because you called us, Lord. And I just thank you for that. And Lord, even now, I just thank you for this country that we live in. Yes. One that permits us to gather together here. And, and in freedom and in the joy of your presence. Father, I thank you that we came out of dwellings that were warm or cooled according to our desires 
that we put on clothes from a closet that was full, that we have shoes on our feet, that we can drink water from the faucet. Father, surely we are blessed. And I thank you, Father, that we will not count it lightly that you have given us so much. But we will declare you in all the places. And Father, I just thank you that we will come before you and ask you to heal our land. Division is not yours. Your glory is in unity. Your glory is in unity. And so we thank you, Father, that we stand together declaring the kingdom of God. And we just ask you now, Lord, to bless our country and rid it of the plagues that you have promised us. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Thank you. Well, you know, sometimes the Lord's plans don't always line up with our plans. Have you noticed that? And uh, we have, uh, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. And uh, I've been praying about this situation and we are going to have a guest speaker here, and we're going to be talking about biblical uh, stewardship. And, uh, you know, again, this is a little bit different uh, sermon and series than what we typical, typically do, but you know that we're strong in the Word, and when we apply the Word of God to our lives, you know, God honors that, and we are blessed because of it. And so, I... Uh, well, let me just read this, this passage of Scripture in Luke 16, 10-12. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in larger ones. And we've talked about the Scripture many times on this concept or this truth or principle. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Interesting that the Scripture you know, talks about responsibilities. So stewardship doesn't just apply to what we think is money, but it replies to many other things. Stewardship, whatever God has given us. Verse 11, And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you, are, if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? A few months ago, uh, I met a gentleman by the name of Frank Holder, and we developed a friendship. And we talked a few months back about maybe him doing some training, training people in finances and, and how, to, how to manage their finances and, and, and different aspects of finances. Stewardship, not just finances, but stewardship in general. And so what, what I thought we would do is uh, have Frank come up and share with us uh, from his perspective. And again, this is taking the Word of God and then applying these things to our life. And it, it not only is going to help us, but it's going to help us to help other people. Because you know that we're about training and equipping. We're becoming disciples who will what? Impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. So many times God is preparing us, not only shoring something up in us, but preparing us and helping us to be able to go and share with others and teach and train them on how they can implement these truths and principles of the Word of God in their life. So would you please join me in welcoming Mr. Frank Holder. I'm here today because, Pastor, number one, I love your pastor. Um, he is a true man of God. And I, I took a, a class 20 years ago 
called Experiencing God. Did anybody else ever take that class? Okay. I don't remember anything from that class except for one principle. Hold it up here. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So, I, I'm, hopefully I'm on there. Um, I remember one thing from that class. And what that is is that most people, when they're doing a good work, they do the work and they ask God to join them. And what the author of this book says is don't do that. He says, look where God is already working, and you join him. And that's what I feel like I'm doing with pastor, because God's already moving with you guys. God's already working. And I I was sharing with pastor this morning, I am so excited to see what God is going to do with your church, because I know he's got something incredible in store. So for pastor to allow me to be just even a tiny, tiny part of that is so honoring and flattering and humbling and and Pastor, I love you, and I, and I appreciate you. So um, I'm going to start with prayer, if you all don't mind, because I'm nervous talking in front of you, all you guys. And Pastor told me you bite. And so, <laughs> so <laughs> Heavenly Father, I just praise you today. And Father, I ask that you just um, bind up my mind and my tongue, that only your words may be spoken. Father, don't let me say anything that is contrary to what you would have, have me to say. Father, uh, allow me to speak your words, and let your glory shine through me today. Father, I praise you, and I give you all the honor and all the glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, like Pastor said, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking a lot about money, okay? But today's lesson, before we can talk about money, we have to talk about a mindset, okay? And the mindset that comes with money. So, we're going to read today from Luke chapter 16. Pastor, you didn't volunteer to hold the mic for me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm, No, 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 I'm kidding. <laughs> so um, if you would just honor God's word, would stand up with me for, to read his word. It's, it's Luke chapter 16. We're going to read verses 1 through 13. It says, now he was also saying to the disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. And this steward was reported to him as squandering his possessions. I want you to kind of count in your head how many times the word steward comes up when we're reading. Okay, that's two. And he called him and he said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship. That's three. For you can no longer be a steward. And the said to himself, what shall I do since my master has taken away my away from me? I am not strong enough to dig. I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, so that when I am removed from the they will receive me into their homes. Now that little phrase right there, into their home, is incredibly important. So just keep that phrase in your head, okay? And he summoned each one of his master's debtor, and he began saying unto first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? And he says, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. This next verse blew my mind. 
And his master praised the unrighteous steward because he had acted shrewdly. For the sons of this age are more shrewd in their relation to their own kind than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by means of the mammon of unrighteousness. When it fails, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. He who is faithful in very little thing is faithful also in much, and he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. If, therefore, you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous mammon, who will entrust you to the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Y'all can be seated. So, this verse, I will tell you the truth. I have studied this verse and read this verse a million times, and I never understood it. Because I couldn't understand how the master would praise the unrighteous steward. That, that made me, like, skip the whole parable. So we're going to talk about this today, okay? So the word steward or stewardship has become a church word, hasn't it? And it's become a naughty church word, right? Because what does it always deal with? Money and tithing, right? It's part of that dreaded tithing service that all pastors want to preach, but none of them want to preach it because it's, it gives them, you know, it's, oh, it's that, that sermon. So today, what we're going to do is look at what it means by being a faithful steward. But here's what really gave me clarity on what this verse is talking about. If you still have your Bibles open, flip back a page to Luke chapter 15. And in Luke chapter 15, there are three parables that Jesus teaches. The parables are the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. And in each one of those parables, something is lost. And then it is found, and there is great rejoicing, and you invite everybody in to rejoice with them. Okay? So that's the context that we're coming into, verse 16. So now, Jesus is talking to his disciples here, okay? But also listening are the Pharisees, okay? And so you have to kind of think about how Jesus is using this parable of the unrighteous servant, and he's talking to the disciples and the Pharisees, but kind of a backhanded way to talk to the Pharisees, okay? So... Um, each of us were created to be a steward. Um, we're not equipped to do anything else. In our text today, it says, I'm too weak to dig. I'm too ashamed to beg. We are created for a purpose. Okay? Um, even going back to Adam and Eve. Okay? In the garden, God created the heavens and the earth. And then he gave stewardship over them to Adam and Eve, right? He says, I give you dominion over the birds of the air and the creepy, crawly things of the, of the, the earth and the cattle and, and everything in it. So even going all the way back to Adam and Eve, we were created to be a steward. So just like Adam and Eve, we have the choice to be a 
faithful steward or to be an unfaithful steward. So the first point, I have four points that we're going to make today, okay? So your first point is that you were created for an eternal purpose, okay? Right now we have so many things going on in the world. The coronavirus, the, I don't know, there's a million things going on right now. You've got the presidential election, you have China playing nice with us, China not playing nice with us, wars and rumors of wars and everything else, right? They're all temporary, okay? God created us for an eternal purpose. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he tells us that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So before we were ever born, that God that created the heavens and the earth, declaring them good, he created us in his image to do these good works. So, while you were still in your mother's womb, God said, this is what I want you to do. I know what I created you to do. I know why you are put on this earth. And he created you for that purpose. And it's not to do just anything. So, so many times, and one of the reasons why I'm a financial planner is because I have found that People are so bound by money that they can't do what God created them to do. That they have to support their family. That they have bills to pay. That they can't. There's a statistic. That's easy for me to say, right? Uh, there's a statistic out there that says that 80% of all people spend 104% of their paycheck before they get it. That's not tithing, that's not giving, that's not investing, that's not saving, that's spending. That's slavery. Okay? You can't do what God called you to do because you are a slave to mammon. So, one day I was driving to work, and in the podcast, the speaker mentioned to me, not specifically me, he didn't say Frank, but it was <laughs> so, but he mentioned that we are to be a steward of our potential. And that phrase grabbed me. And God spoke to me at that very moment. And he says, that's right. You are to be a steward of everything that I gave you. And so, immediately, he brought me to Ephesians. And he says, you are to be a steward of your wife. Everybody say hi to my wife. So <laughs> she hates it when I do that, so I'm going to be in trouble later. So <laughs> anyway, uh, he says, you're supposed to be a steward to your wife. And in Ephesians, it tells me that I am to present my wife as a spotless, blameless, holy lamb before God. Whew, that's a lot of responsibility. And God, <laughs> right? Yeah, I am in trouble. Um, But then he also said, you know what? Your wife is supposed to be a good steward of you because I gave you to her. I gave you to her. And I created her to be a helpmeet. And the word helpmeet means to make righteous before the Lord. So she has a responsibility to be a good steward of what God gave her, which is me. That was a good gift, right? So... (laughs) 
So I thought, man, this is really deep. And I thought I was done with the lesson, Pastor. I really thought I was done. But the next day, God gave me more. So the next day, he says, you are to be a steward of the breath that I gave you. I said, what's that mean? How am I supposed to be? He says, I breathed into you and gave you life. Every single breath that you take, you're to be a steward of. Ooh, okay. So the next day it was my word. You, I gave you my word. And that one actually stuck for like three days. You're to be a good steward of my word because I gave it to you. This is the word that I gave to you, and you are to take it and use it for eternal purposes. You are to use your breath for eternal purposes. You are to use your wife for eternal purposes. And then the next day it was opportunity. And then it was potential. And then it was your children. And then it was every day it was something. For like two weeks, Pastor, two weeks, I was like, man, this stewardship stuff is hard. (laughs) So how do I do all that? But God just revealed to me that it's an eternal um, process. Hold on, I can't flip my page, so sermon may be shorter than we know because I can't flip it. So, all right. So, because God gave me a stewardship, just like in our passage, God gave, God gave the the master gave the stewardship a, a job. Right? He had a job to do. Did the stewardship? Did the steward do anything to deserve that job? Does the Bible tell us anything that he had climbed the corporate ladder or he had done anything special to get that job? We already know he wasn't qualified for anything else. Why did he get that job? So, but the master gave him that job. So, just like the steward, God gave me a job to do. And by definition, because God gave it to me, it's perfect. Any vision God gives you is perfect. Because it can't come from God unless it's perfect. Not only that, but it's eternal. The Septuagint tells us in the wisdom of Solomon, For God created man to be immortal and made him to be an image of his own eternity. Everything we have, our breath, our family, our jobs, our money, there is both a, a temporary and an eternal purpose. So here's the first thing I want you to do. Ask yourself, Am I being faithful with this? Am I being faithful with my wife? Am I being faithful with my breath? Am I being faithful with God's word? Am I being faithful um, with it? Or am I just saying, what have you done for me lately? I'm not going to sing it for you. So, um, am I using my position in the company for eternal purposes? Or is it just to pay bills? Am I using money for pleasure or for eternal purposes. Second point, not only are we created with a purpose, but we are given the tools to fulfill the purpose. Uh, Philippians 2.13 says in the New Living uh, Translation, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to please him. We were created with both power and desire to accomplish what we are created to do. So I was talking to my wife actually about this verse on the way in here. And we were talking about how, how many people are miserable in their job, okay? How many people hate going to work every day? And I relate to this because before I was a financial planner, 
I was a bill collector. Don't throw anything at me. Okay, but I was one of those people. I was good at it. I was, I was flown to Miami by American Express to be one of the top 50 collectors in the world. I made well into six figures. I was good, people. I could make you pay anything. So I, I could collect bills that you didn't even know. So, but you know what? I hated every single day of my life, except for payday. I liked payday. So I hated it. My wife and I prayed for three and a half years for the job I have today. Not necessarily with Thrivent, because I never heard of Thrivent, but for three and a half years, we, were, we prayed that we would go to work for a Christian, not-for-profit company. You know why? Because I knew I was not created to be a bill collector. God gave me gifts. Um, Paul tells the church at uh, Ephesus, some were created to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be pastors, some to be teachers, but all were given for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying the body of Christ. If what you are doing, if the breath you are taking, if, if the wife that you have, the job that you have, if it does not fulfill those three things, that's why you hate your job. Okay? Let me read those again. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, or for edifying the body of Christ. That's why you were created. If you're not happy with anything, it's because you are not using it for God's purpose. So God gave each one of us certain gifts, and we're, we have the ability to use those gifts for either temporary, temporary or eternal purposes. Okay? One of my spiritual gifts is the ability to teach. I'm a good teacher. And I could use that as a bill collector because I could teach people how to pay their bills. I could teach people why they needed to pay their bills. I could teach them the consequences, both good and bad, of paying their bills. Okay? And it paid my bills. Okay? But that's not what God created me to do. That's why I hated it. Because I wasn't using the gift that God gave me for why he gave it to me, okay? God gave me the gift to teach for the ministry, okay? Right now, my ministry is financial planning. And to help people to achieve financial clarity so that they can do what God created them to do. That's, I love my job now. I love what I, there has not been one single day that I've gotten up and said, man, I don't want to go to work today. Because I know I'm going to make a difference in somebody's life and I'm going to make a difference in somebody's eternal life. Not just their day-to-day -day life, but their eternal life. I'm going to make a difference. Do you know how exciting that is? you know how, how easy it is to get up and go to work when you're going to make a difference in somebody's eternal life? Do you know that one day, and this is a quick story, because pastor's promised he's going to kick me off stage if I go too long. But one day, I'm sitting in my office, and I've got papers spread all over, and I'm, I'm doing financial planning with somebody. And we're talking, and um, we're going over budgets, we're going over expenses, we're going over his 401k, we're doing all these kinds of things that you do in financial planning. And he stops, and he looks at me and my partner. He goes, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but my wife's not saved. How many times did that happen in a financial planning session? So you know what we did? 
We stopped what we did, and we prayed for his wife to have eternal life. And we prayed for his wife that, that she would come to know the Lord. How amazing is that? Because that's how you know that you're doing what God has created you to do. So, um, yeah. these pages stick together. I didn't know that when I was doing this. All right. So, here's the second thing I want you to do. Write down what your gifts are. And if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, Google spiritual tests, okay? There's, they're all over the internet, okay? There are spiritual tests that will tell you what are the gifts that God created you to do. And then think about how is it that I'm using those gifts. Because you're going to be like, ooh, I am good at that, just like teaching. I knew I was good at teaching, but I didn't know if I was using it for God's purpose or not. I just knew I was miserable. So, um, third point. God gave each one of us a, a free will. While he has given us gifts, he also gave us the power to misuse those gifts. And there will be an accounting for that purpose. Look at verse 2 with me in, in our lesson. And I know I'm off camera, so I apologize. But verse 2 says, and he, called, and he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be a steward. So number one, he's already, the verdict's already in. God already has looked at that accounting, right? He says, you, you can't be it, but I want, you to tell me, I want you to tell me why you can't do it. It's like I do with my kids. I already got the report from the teacher. I already know what they did. I'd be like, how was your day? <laughs> and they'd be like, what does he know? <laughs> so, um, so in verse 2, he says, Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Scripture is very clear that each one of us will be called to give an accounting for the action. Even Jesus gave an accounting. What did, you, what did God say? When Jesus got baptized, for this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Okay? Jesus had to give an accounting of his actions too, didn't he? In the parable of the talents in Matthew, the master tells the servant, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and enjoy your master's happiness. So, how many of you here own a business? Anybody? Okay. How many of you work for somebody? Okay. Do you have any um, monthly reviews? Okay. Anybody have a monthly review or is it just me? Okay. So when I do a monthly review, do you got one? Okay. So when I do a monthly review with people, we go over all kinds of things with them. Okay. We go over their, their, um, how often they were there, when they were supposed to be there, their absences, how, long, how many times they were late, how many times they were on time. We go over their goals, their production. We talk about things, ways that they can improve. We, can, we talk about um, places that they did well. We give them praise. We do all of that in our monthly accounting, right? We're used to being graded. Even in school, we get report cards. Um, All-star teams are made up of what? What you've done in the past, right? All-star all -star teams are not made up of, hey, we think he's going to be really good. You know, in, in last year's all-star team, 
they didn't say, Joe Burrow, who's probably going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, you're going to be on the all-star team because we think you're going to be really, really good. No, it was based on what have you done the year before, right? So all-star teams are, are based on that, on our, on our performance. Promotions are given by our performance. So here's the question I want you to ask yourself. If I died today, would the kingdom of God be impacted in my job, in my family, in my neighborhood? Would my neighbor's eternal security be impacted if I died today? What about it with my money? Would, with my money and what I do with my money, would the kingdom of God be impacted if I died today? If the answer is no, then you need to do a review on each aspect and write out where you need to review. Like any good coach or employer, when the job is well done, you're rewarded. Which brings me to the final point. Your blessings depend upon your faithful fulfillment of your purpose. One of the first scriptures I learned was, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So this sermon series is going to be about money. But before we can talk about money, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Before we can ever even broach the subject of money, our mindset has to be right. Uh, a few uh, earlier, we talked about the reviews my employer, my employees got. At the end of the year, we look at all the reviews, and their raises depend upon their performance throughout the year. So, a few years ago, the Prayer of Jabez was was popular. Did anybody read that book? Okay, so a couple people. All right. So, it was in that prayer, Jabez asked God to expand his territory. Right, and that's the part that everybody remembers of that book. Expand my territory, Lord. But where does that territory come from? Anybody ever think about that? He, he says, God, expand my territory. But that territory belongs to somebody else right now, right? Where did that territory come from? Look at verse 9 with me. And again, I'm going to be off camera here for just one second. In verse 9, he, Jesus says, And I say to you, make friends for yourselves, by, re by means of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when it fails, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. You know what he's saying there? That territory is going to come from the unrighteous. So the verse that, that blew my mind, verse 8, where the unrighteous, what Jesus is saying is the unrighteous people use money for unrighteous purposes. But they're smart about it. They're good at it. He says, I'm going to give the righteous people money for eternal purposes. See, the Pharisees were really, really good at using money to build homes for them. So the, the servant, the steward, he wasn't telling them to write off that money for 
for because he was trying to make up for it to his boss, right? He was trying to find a, a temporary home. In the verse it says, maybe if, I'm, if, maybe if I cut him a deal, when I get fired, they'll, they'll give me a home so I don't have to sleep on the street. Okay? So God says in this, in this verse, he says, I'm going to give you the means that you need to fulfill your purpose. And it's going to come from the unrighteous. God is going to call money to you. Uh, In Job chapter 27, verse 16 and 17, it says, The wicked heaps up silver like dust and clothes like piles of clay. What he lays up, the righteous will wear, and the innocent will divide his silver. Uh, And then in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for who? The righteous. The sinner's wealth is... So God is going to give the righteous the money from the unrighteous. Here's what we have to take from this. It all belongs to God. It doesn't matter if you own it, if he owns it, if the worst man in the world owns it, it belongs to God. They only own it for a nanosecond in the great sphere of things. Read Ecclesiastes. It's a blowing in the wind. And their children are going to blow it when they get it, because I can't tell you how many inheritances I've done, where the children just squander everything mom and dad saved for decades for. And it's gone, blowing in the wind, okay? But God says that the, the unrighteous will fund the good works that he preordained for your life if you're faithful in following God's plan. And being, so the question is, will you be a part of that process? So here's the, the, the final application. As you look at your gifts and you begin to strategize and plan, begin to strategize and plan on how you're going to use them for eternal purposes. Begin to plan for expansion. Know that God is faithful. Okay? So here's what I want you to do. Make a budget. Okay? Start planning for that, exp- that increase that God is going to give you. Make a vision board. Hire a planner. Hire a business coach. Do something, but begin to prepare because if you are faithful to do what God's called you to do, if you are faithful and you are a good steward, if you are a faithful steward, then the money will come because you're seeking God first. Okay? So go ahead and plan for it. It's done. There's nothing you have to do. The Great Commission tells us to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them what Jesus commanded us. Each of us have a part in this commission, and we are uniquely gifted to do so. It is up to us to be faithful stewards of those gifts to glorify God. So I'm going to recap this, and I'm going to give it back to you, Pastor. So number one, you were created with an eternal purpose. Number two, you were given the ability to fulfill your purpose. Number three, there is an accounting of your purpose. And number four, your blessings depend 
upon your faithful fulfillment of your purpose. So, Pastor, I'm going to pass it over to you. And Pastor's going to give an altar call because in order to be a faithful steward, you have to know the Master. All right. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. You know, uh, we, we've been through different series like The Blessed Life that Pastor Robert Morris did, and he does such a great job on talking about giving, and the first of our increase belongs to the Lord. But the other element that's really important is that we are good stewards of what God has given us. And, you know, that doesn't just mean money. That means time, talents, all of our resources, giftings. And uh, God is looking for those that are willing to yield to Him and allow Him to work through our lives. And whatever giftings that, that is, and we know that we have the Spice of Life cooking team, and we're so grateful to those guys, aren't we? They love to cook and we love to eat, but they are using their talents. And so God has given every one of us giftings and talents. Are we using those for His kingdom and His glory? Or are we selfishly using them for our own needs? I, I want to thank you for your faithfulness and giving of your tithes and offerings. And you know that we're still looking for a building. We're still looking for a permanent location. And uh, so uh, many people give online. And uh, I think some people mail in their checks. And I wanted to give our, our, our post office box. So if we're not able to physically meet, you know where to send those. Because we know that the first 10% of our increase belongs to Him. And as we give then He promises to meet our needs. And so uh, you can go to our website and there's giving there and then you can go, that'll take you to a subpage for PayPal. Many people give online through PayPal. It's a safe, effective way to give. Uh, but also that's where you'll find the sermons should we be live streaming. And uh, there's our, our mailing address if you want to take a picture of that. Um, where you can mail uh, correspondence. And again, we don't know what's going to happen. Who knows what's going to happen over the next few weeks. But we, we know that God is our provider and that He will make a way where there seems to be no way. And uh, we're fortunate that if we cannot physically meet here, uh, that we can get our live stream working and, and uh, we'll be teaching and, and we'll be sharing the Word every Sunday morning. And of course, we have... Um, the videos archived where you can go back and you can watch sermons from the past as well. And so I just wanted to reiterate that. I think most of you can navigate there and, and find the, the place to get there. Uh, but I just wanted to, to share that with you. And we don't know what's going to happen with the sunrise service at the chemo boardwalk. I spoke to them uh, last week and as of then it was still on. So we're going to prepare and plan for the, the sunrise service to continue to, to move forward. If it doesn't, well, then, then it doesn't. But we will have been prepared. Uh, if you'll stand, let's, let's recite this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.